Startup Unscripted. The questions you have with the truths you need to hear. And now your host, Michael Dencio. All right, all right, guys. Welcome to the show again. This is Mike Dencio, founder of Next Level Consultants on Startup Unscripted. We are keeping this bad boy going. We're actually starting back at the top and working our way back through. And today is the demographics episode. Thanks uh, for everyone joining and being a part of the program. We are actually live today on Facebook. We have upgraded our game. And if you folks want to actually be part of the program, which is interesting, uh, a new element, you can follow us on Facebook and um, actually write us and comment and we could maybe answer your questions live. But uh, again, Mike Dincio, uh, founder of Next Level Consultants. We are startup consultants and coaches and help people get into ownership the right way and try to bring you guys awesome people to help you guys along the journey because you can't do it all. I can't do it all. And today we're, we're working on demographics. So starting back at the top, if you missed uh, see quote unquote season two, check that out. Episode one is literally vision, demographics, real estate all the way through. And now we're going back up at the top. We already did vision. Now we're doing demographics. And today we have dentographics as the professionals for you. I had them on dental acquisition unscripted. So we talked about acquisitions uh, with dentographics, but we haven't done dentographics on the startup side, which is actually a little bit more fun because I think you guys do a lot more startups than anything else. So I think today's going to be a great episode. So without further ado, let me introduce Kent Miller and uh, Kevin Klingshire and the owners of Dentographics. Guys, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Give us a little uh, bit about Dentographics. Like, just tell us uh, why you guys are awesome and uh, the authorities in the industry and why uh, Next Level endorses you. Go ahead. Yeah, so Dentographics, we are a dental market research company. We work only with dentists. We work across the entire country and we work with dentists of all specialties. So whether you're a GP, pediatric dentist, endodontist, whoever, uh, we've got custom uh, tailored approaches to each different specialty. And what we really focus on is helping doctors, uh, both current and aspiring practice owners, find the best areas to practice in. So we'll look at things like the level of demand for care within each area, We'll look at the supply of existing practices. We actually have an in-house research team. It's really cool. They go through and manually count every practice in an area. And we're looking for your specific vision and your target patient base so that if you come to us and say, hey, here's where I want to practice. I'm in the Phoenix area. Uh, I want to have a cosmetic practice. But my friend over here also in Phoenix wants more of a Medicaid-oriented practice. We're going to produce two totally different things. Uh, so... Um, yeah, we work with dentists nationwide of all specialties. Uh, my name is Kent Miller. I, uh, along with my colleague here, Kevin, we run the company. Um, my background actually is in urban planning. So prior to the dental industry, I was working across a variety of sectors where a public entity like a city would come to us and say, uh, there are lots of vacant storefronts in this area. What kinds of businesses could be supported there? So uh, we'd interview residents, you know, we'd look at economic data and we'd say, hey, maybe a hardware store or 
um, you know, a little grocery store or something along those lines. So my focus really is the product side and uh, I'll let Kevin introduce himself. Yeah. So I joined Denographics and fun fact, I guess for next summer, Denographics is going to be 10 years old. We get asked, you know, how long you guys been around 10 years next July, I think. Wow. Congrats guys. That's huge. So Denographics only existed for about one year, maybe a year and a half with really just Kent running it before I jumped on board. Um, Before that, I was uh, in the tech space in Austin. I had a job at the time that was uh, so-so. I guess I'll leave it at that. Kent was running. (laughs) Kent was running. Associates, you might be able to relate. Yeah, and Kent was running Denographics, and I saw how much fun he was having. I I know it was a lot of work for him, but as soon as he – kind of hinted at, hey, you know, maybe you could help out and, and do this thing with me. Um, I was all in. So currently, I'm the chief revenue officer. I do a lot of the doctor facing kind of day to day, helping them figure out what's the best product, what's the best way to go with us. Um, but just growing the business is, is yeah. primary focus of mine. Guys, thanks so much for being on the program. Yeah, uh, demographics is such a huge topic because um, it's it's kind of a catch twenty two. I want to get into this today. Is like how like how important it is, but it, by the end of the episode, I want to talk about how it's not everything. Also, like mm-hmm. it, there's both there's both right. I have that conversation with my clients and even a lot of uh, real estate professionals of how the market is in the state that it's in and, you know, depending on where you're at in in, on a timeline and when you're watching this episode in this current market, it's kind of challenging to find spaces. It's single digit occupancies. And so you get this amazing report that Dentographics uh, provides you. And then the real estate person can't find anything in the spot. (laughs) And so there's this like really, really important side where data, uh, you know, is king. And then there's this other side of like, what's possible realistically in a market. And so we're, that's, that's where, that's a prelude to where we're going in the episode, but let's, let's just jump right in. So as far as like dentographics, demographics in general, when you're doing a scratch start, how important is it guys? Like I, I could go on and on, but I want to hear it from you. Like, why should someone get a demographic report if they're thinking about doing a scratch start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we all know, you know, the value of one additional patient, right? And I'm sure everyone who comes on these podcasts talks about, Hey, if I get you one more patient, it pays for this service. Um, so quickly, um, your location is something you can't change, right? When you sign that lease for five, 10 plus years, you can't move. So, uh, what we, what any of us would hate for you to do, uh, or you can't move very easily at least, uh, is get into a market, realize, hey, you know, I can't really have the type of practice that I want here, right? My patients don't live in this area, or um, this would be a little bit less of a concern, but still not very fun. Hey, I didn't realize just how many competing practices were already in this area. Doesn't mean I can't be successful. It just means that buildup is going to be a little bit more challenging and keeping my edge against the competition in this area a little bit more challenging than maybe if I had gone to an area uh, where there were fewer practices relative to the population. So um, obviously one of the huge, huge building blocks, foundational building blocks in your practice. Yeah, no, I mean, location, location, location. I went to business school at the Ohio State. We, t- we, yeah. we actually talked about this before the program started. I had no idea Kent and Kevin are 
alumni like I am. Uh, so I, I knew I liked you guys. I just didn't realize how much more now I like you uh, as Buckeyes. So for all the haters out there, yes, we went to yeah. the Ohio State uh, University and and at school, uh, I location, location, location was so important. And um, it's the difference of a fast start versus a slow start. Um, it's true. Like location in itself can, can determine that, um, they look at all kinds of things. So when you're looking at location, Kevin, I'll have you answer this one because when I refer folks over to you, you're the one that's really breaking down what areas to kind of focus on and where you're going to do your data and search and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, like when someone calls you, what, what are they, what are they expecting? What kind of questions are you, are they going to ask you? Because essentially, the, the, the more specific they are for you, the even better you can get for them. So sure. there, there probably should be a little bit of prep work before they come to you. Is that right? Uh, not required, um, maybe ideally. The process, especially when you send us over a client, it goes, you know, Kevin, meet Doc. I talk to the doctor, and the first thing I want to ask him is, you know, tell me about the areas in which you're open to starting to practice at. Usually that doesn't follow like city limits. It doesn't follow county limits. It doesn't follow a certain number of zip, zip codes. They can sort of define on a map, you know, where within their just general area, Phoenix, Seattle, Austin, et cetera, they're open to starting a practice. Mm -hmm. Once we have that in mind, we can move forward with creating a map that is going to cover, you know, all the practical areas within that sort of pre-discussed area that we already agreed on. And then come back and say, hey, based on, you know, that's the final result of the report is everywhere you're open to, here's where we recommend you, you know, team up with a real estate agent and go search for space. So, yeah, I mean, it all just kind of starts with, and everybody's in a different phase of, you know, the search. Some people don't know states. Some people don't know, you know, within a state, you know, Northern or Southern California. Um, and that's fine. We can work with those people too. But in a lot of the cases, it just starts with kind of like a predefined area yeah it's a very vague term but you know we use the term market a lot like tell me about your market like where i live in cleveland for example i i know you know northeast ohio as a whole it's it's a really big area bigger than a lot of people i think realize mm -hmm. but a lot of people will come to us with a certain part of the northeast ohio region kind of already in mind and then yeah. we just go from there yeah so again nothing defined by like usually not defined by counties city limits it's just a general market um, and then, yeah, we will kind of take it from there. Go from there. So, um, I, I, I get all kinds, uh, of, of clients that are all kind of different places of this, this journey. Right. And oftentimes like I'll get somebody, it's like, Mike, where should I go? What state should I go in? And I'm just like, dude, that, that is like, so such a big question. Like, uh, where do you want to live? where do you want to raise your kids someday? What cities do you want to be a part of? What are you a foodie? Are you an outdoorsman? I mean, or gal or whatever, right? Like that's really a, a, a personal preference. I, it's kind of difficult to find a state or an area that we, the three of us couldn't find something that's actually viable. Totally. I, I could probably pick a handful of like, Okay, like Vegas is like kind of out at this point. I mean, that is like for an exam example, right? Like, there's things where ratios don't make sense. So, just in general, 
like be, be very difficult to not be able to find a viable area with your help. And then I get the other extreme of like, I want to be in this block, right? Mm -hmm. I, what does this block city block look like and, and everybody in between. And so you guys have different reports that kind of help with all three of the, or those, those mentalities. You have three reports, walk us through those reports and how they help folks get in the right, you know, frame of mind to help them make better decisions. Right now we actually only have two reports. What? Um, you used to have three. Used to have three. Okay. Uh, but we, you know, we've kind of like, I think we condensed our offerings in a way to, to be as efficient or it, it, we have two reports right now. We used to have the multi-site comparison. Yeah. Right now, just of the two reports, it's area analysis. So Kevin, I live in Austin. Tell me the best place in Austin or the most favorable neighborhoods, pockets, uh, et cetera, within greater Austin for a startup practice. Um, so again, you, you just have an area in mind, but you don't know within that larger area where you should be focusing. And then report two is the site study. Uh, I've identified a location to start a practice at. Real estate agent has this available property. I like the terms. I'm fond of the area and I'm really close to signing for the property. I want you guys to tell me everything I don't know. Um, and then basically, you know, from very weak to very strong, how do we feel about that location considering the doctor's practice strategy, competition, uh, so on and so forth. So that's like the last, again, really the last kind of checklist item that we would handle before a doctor actually moves forward uh, with the space. I guess that makes sense because every time I send someone over, it's either one or the other. <laughs> so I guess it, the other, the third one didn't even matter. And I'm yeah. sitting here thinking three. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's perfect. When someone, let's say you're looking at an area, I think that's probably the most common one for me anyways. I don't know about you guys, but when we're looking at an area, you said Austin, let's just run with that. So uh, Kevin, Kent, I want uh, to be in the Austin area. What, like, what, how are you going to help them figure that out? What's the mechanics of the, of the rapport? And then what are the things that you guys actually stack rank? Like, do you, like what, what are those algorithms? I call it of the best uh, top, top areas. What specifically? Yeah. So we start with um, vision, right? The, the previous episode of your podcast with, Hey, doctor, what type of practice do you want? Where do you want to live? Right. The things that you were talking about, not only where do you want to live now, where do you see yourself living in five, 10 years, right? A lot of doctors are at the age where maybe they're getting married, having kids, and maybe the downtown location is cool now, but is it going to be as cool in five or 10 years? Right. So kind of thinking a little bit ahead or like you live in Austin, but you grew up in Northern Virginia. Are you still going to want to be there in 10 years? So thinking through some of those things, but also like the scoping that Kevin mentioned, you have restrictive covenants are the areas you know you would never practice in. So it's really just getting that study area narrowed down. Mm -hmm. um, once we have that, we're going to break that region down into smaller submarkets. So like with the Austin example, uh, there are there's downtown Austin, there's East Austin, there's Round Rock, Pflugerville, um, all these surrounding suburban markets where we're then going to assess what I was talking about earlier at a high level, the three sort of primary components of market analysis. So first of all, the level of demand for care. Are there patients in the area? Do they want dental care? Secondly, the supply of existing practices. So how many competing practices are there? How many are there relative to the population? Uh, and then thirdly, is there a good fit 
with your target patient base or the people who live in that area look like the patients that you want in your mm -hmm. practice. So we're gonna look at a total of 10 inputs in this report that help us assess those in various ways. So things like um, the first metric usually is gonna be the level of competition, which is gonna be ratio of potential patients per competing practice. Mm. If you're a general dentist, residents per general dental office, if you're a pediatric dentist, you usually will do kids age zero to 11 per pediatric mm. dental office. Um, then in terms of demand for care, we're looking at total population size. 100,000 mm -hmm. people means a whole lot more potential patients than 10,000 people. I think that's one that's overlooked a lot of times. Is that, um, is that called course, saturation on your report? Sorry to interrupt. Is that the saturation one, right? That one's density. Density, uh, that's is what I meant. At, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at total market size. Um, and, and there are a couple of reasons we can get into it a little bit more as to uh, why we really strongly prefer densely populated areas all else being equal mm. relative to less densely populated areas. When I say sure. all else being equal, I'm talking about things like income and education and growth as well. Yeah. Um, speaking of income, education, age, those are factors in demand for care. Mm. Um, obviously higher income, higher education, higher dental IQ. Mm. Um, you could have young residents though in their 20s, all the disposable income in the world, but if they're in their mm. 20s, might not have as much need for restorative care. Mm -hmm. um, Then uh, lastly, target patient base, right? So we're going to look at things like home ownership and still income and education. Average household size tells us how many families are in the area to help you find the right area for you and for your practice. Yeah. It's awesome because um, like my audience, the, the dentists out there, very analytical, right? I mean, naturally, you guys are scientists and um, very good at reading data and um It, it, the report uh, that you guys generate, th this demographic report is so key. It's it's so uh, such a small expense for such a huge decision of yours to make. I mean, it's it's the best insurance policy ever, in my opinion. And it, th they do a great job. You guys do a great job of like again stack ranking the, all of these things and putting it in a very easy way to read. Um, I, I, what are your, like, if you were to give us like, what are, when you guys are going through these reports, how, uh, do you walk someone through once the reports come out? How do you walk through like the best things? Like give us some, I, I, again, uh, I'm, I'm a little fearful because this is a podcast and people take stuff very literal. So folks, this is the big asterisk. Do not take me literal, but but if we could get some kind of bracket, high end, low end for some of these metrics, what would those be, guys? Give me give me some ideas of what like a good density would be, a good education level, a good income. And again, I know the state has averages and all kinds of stuff, but just sure. generally speaking, yeah. yeah, yeah. So generally speaking, and and just to add a little bit more to that asterisk. It depends on where you are. It depends on the type of practice that you want. For a general dental practice, we're typically looking for a minimum of somewhere between about 2,000 and 3,000 residents per general dental office for a startup. I can go a little bit lower if yep. it's an acquisition. I can go a little bit lower if, um, particularly if it's a productive acquisition, if the level of demand for care is really strong. But 2,000 to 3,000 to one is kind of a good barometer to start with. Um, income is going to be one that varies a lot depending on Do you want that cosmetic dental practice? Do you want that Medicaid practice? Where are you? In the Bay Area, this is a fun stat. Uh, household income level of about $100,000 a year, actually over $100,000 a year, 
is considered low income. In most of the country, that's not low income, right? So like the the number, you know, the seventy five or hundred thousand dollars a year, it just really, really varies. So it's so so important to know about the context of your area and the type of practice yes. that you want. Um, but one that I really like to look at to kind of get a gauge for what's really going on in this market, if we can only look at a number, is actually going to be education. Because uh, in the Bay Area, you might not have a college degree, you earn $110,000 a year, that's low income. Uh, in most of the country, $110,000 a year, high income. So about 30% of people nationwide have a four-year degree or higher level of education. So if you see that number is way higher than that, it's a more educated market, way lower than 4 percent educated. 30, 30%. Oh, 30, I was going to say three zero. Okay, 30% <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. population is considered median. Or yeah, it's pretty standard, yeah, yeah. roughly. Okay, cool. Uh, income, well, you, you touched on that. Uh, you touched on ratios. Saturation, um, what's that? Like, what would be considered dense versus not dense? Mm -hmm. So typically, we would say that having about 30,000 residents inside of a three-mile radius is kind of like a suburban population density. So yeah. a lot of this, is, of course, is going to impact the, the type of market you want to be in. Do you want to be in a rural area, suburban, urban? And those different practice models carry with them different risks and, yeah. and you know different um, trade-offs, I guess. Yeah. So for a suburban model, typically about 30,000 residents inside of that three-mile radius. If you go lower than that, you're just getting into more of a rural environment. Usually that means lower competition, both in terms of the number of competing practices relative to the population and in terms of character of competition. Who yeah. is this office? Is it you know a 70-year-old guy with no website? Is it a DSO? Is it a local group with multiple doctors? Um, as obviously you get higher and higher above that 30,000 metric, we can just tolerate more competition. We can tolerate a lower level of uh, median household income. But 30,000 is kind of a good place to start to kind of get a sense for like how densely populated is this area. Mm. I love uh, lots of numbers, totally speaking my, my, uh, my game. I love that. Lately, guys, I've been talking to clients a lot about like, okay, so you've chose an area that might be lower than 2,000 uh, ratios, right? 2,000 patients per, per dentist. And I've been asking my clients to take your report to another level, and that is start digging into the actual competitors that, that we um, have identified as actual competitors. Because I'm finding that if the ratios are, are lower um, and the competitors are maybe older, they're just not marketing, there's no other startups in the area, you actually could do really, really well in a situation like that versus a ratio that might be like 3000 to one. For example, you said that was kind of like you're a good spot to be. Um, but there's another startup in that same area. And if you go to those websites and you start really looking at the, the, the competitors in a very specific way, you might actually have a harder time ramping up because think about all that marketing is going at the patients from two different offices aggressively versus just you. So are you, are you guys, you gave me the thumbs up folks. If you're not following us on YouTube, get on YouTube because you can watch us. Kent's like all about this. Uh, Kevin, do you agree with that? Uh, kind yeah. of idea, the thinking there, any Completely. other tips, any other tips? 
So just to go off what you said there, if you're in, I remember on the last podcast we did with you, we talked about San Jose. I, I mentioned it. San Jose is a really dense market. It's also really competitive. A lot of the practices there have been there forever. No website, 70 year old doctor who's not marketing at all. You go to, you know, the outskirts of Dallas where growth in Dallas is at its highest level, which is really high it's among the highest in the country. Every practice there is new. You look at the doctor, it looks a lot more like the startup doctor that you're working with. So, you know, you're almost like looking at the, looking in the mirror at an ambitious young doctor who's ready to establish that market as theirs. Mm -hmm. um, or even if, you know, a lot of the other figures like competition overall isn't nearly as insane as it is in San Jose. Yeah, right. You have that other aspect of it. It's a newer community. A lot of the families aren't as familiar with who the local dentists are. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of this, this this gold rush over in Texas now to uh, <laughs> gold rush. I love that gold yeah. rush. Establish yourself as like the uh, the town's you know premier provider. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it always helps to, to dig in more, figure out how many practitioners are there, see if they have a specialist on staff. There's lots of multi-specialty offices out there. They might have an orthodontist, a uh, pediatric dentist as well. Um, and then, you know, just figure out who they are and, and assess accordingly, I guess. But yeah, no, it certainly helps. And then other things that I would talk about, or I would talk about is, you know, what are the other practices focused on in terms of services? maybe hours, when are they open? Is there ever a time where nobody around you is going to be open as much as it must, as much as it could be unpleasant, maybe Saturday morning is a good time to open up your office. So that's, yeah, that's great advice. As much this, as you can help them with, we, we do, but I think that there's always more you can kind of dig into and our report's a really good starting point there. Yeah. This varies more than people realize. I think if you look in the upper Midwest, the Northeast, areas that haven't seen a lot of growth recently, we have what we call digital practice score. And it looks at like, does a practice have a website? Does that website perform well in terms of search engine optimization? Do they have Google reviews? Are those reviews good? Are they bad? How many reviews do they have? If you look in the upper Midwest, the Northeast, tons and tons of practices are getting a poor or a fair score, which are our two lowest scores. Mm -hmm. And then you go to an area like Kevin mentioned, the North side of Dallas, huge, high growth, high income households, Elite, good everywhere. It varies a ton. So yeah. we actually have free state and county level data available on mm -hmm. our website. And so if you're looking in, you know, Wayne County, Michigan or Oakland County, Michigan, uh, and you see, hey, man, this is really competitive. I should go down to Collin County, Texas, which is suburban Dallas, because uh, look, it's so much less competitive. That may be true, but you really got to think about who the competing practices are, too. So there is another layer to dig into. Yeah. Well, one thing you guys uh, mentioned at the beginning of the episode was vision. And I love that you did start th the conversation with vision because that that really does drive everything. Like I I talk to our, our clients all the time is like if you're not super clear about what you're trying to do, your 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 um, vendors, I'll call them or professionals, partners, you guys would be part of that team aren't going to know how to help you and, and create what you're trying to create. So so yeah, the the rural area uh, might need more of a super GP, whereas urban might need uh, a more al not a la carte, but a very like specialized type service. And then you refer out. I don't know. All I'm saying is, figure out what your vision is, and then tell folks like Kent and Kevin what what you're looking for. Um, that way, they can find that. And and if you're not super clear about it well, you're going to get those results. I'm not sure what you're going to get, you know? Um, 
And that is so key. No one's doing enough. No, I shouldn't say no one. I tend to give examples and extremes just to prove my point. But, but, but a lot of people are not putting in the time to prepare for this business. Um, uh, and demogra- it starts with demographics. So I, I, I love that, guys. Um, so big, big, big picture. Um, how you we talked about like the doctor doing some of the groundwork and doing their own research. One of the reasons why I've chosen you guys as as our partners, because you do some of this groundwork for them. You guys have data centers where you're right. Like explain how you verify some of this information for them. I don't think folks realize the importance of this, this segment, this part. There's a lot of census stuff. You could Google, you could do all of those things, but like, uh, dentographics do, do some things for you that check some of the boxes to make sure that the data is quality. What are those things guys? I, I always refer to it sort of in so many words as like (laughs) the least, uh, flashy, but important part of our business is the competition research. I don't think, as you said, people really appreciate it. If, if you explain it yeah. to them, yeah. I, I think they can appreciate it. Yeah. But we have, Kent mentioned it earlier, we have a U.S.-based research team, full-time research team that is just dedicated towards manually checking dental practices within an area. Um, so that just means phone verifying to make sure that they're still open, checking to make sure the address is correct, checking to make sure, you know, multi-specialists do they have an orthodontist or is it just the general dentist on staff so we do it by dental practice we don't do it by practitioner there i would definitely agree that practitioner numbers would be important to have but we can't we're not in the we don't like the guessing game we don't like saying hey we think that there's four um, practitioners total here we go off of what we can know so that level of research goes into every report um as opposed to a doctor just doing it themselves, Google searching it or whatever, that's not going to be very fun. It's not going to be very easy and it probably won't <laughs> be very accurate because you'll get, you'll get, you know, residential addresses, you'll get hospitals, you'll get prisons, you'll get dental schools where it says there's 4,000 dentists on staff. Um, you know, we're used to figuring out, just getting to the bottom of it, looking through a market, figuring out how many practices there are. And that is, as I said, it's, the, the least flashy, least sexy thing about what we do, but probably at the end of the day, the most important thing that we do and the thing that separates us from other providers that would, you know, get into this space like this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, a better way of saying that is uh, the most un- underappreciated is, is better because it's go. very, it's very valued for sure. Um, all right. So we talked about you guys and the authority you have and the the quality of report and some of the strategy on picking location um it is one of the first steps of this whole startup process um again the more you can prepare before going to demographics the better it is so vision business plan all that good stuff um and you might not have it all that's okay but at least some preparation that goes into it now let's talk about okay so you have this really really good report it's quality they verified tons of information for you. You've narrowed it down. You know what area and you hand this to a real estate agent <laughs> and the real estate agent looks at it and says, you're smoking something in Washington state, right? 
Uh, I live there. I can say that. Um, and so, um, and they're like, no, we're not going to be able to find something in this, in this circle. Cause they, they, the, the guys give a report that kind of identifies circles and where you want to focus on. Um, and so again, keeping an open mind about the data and like what we talked about competition and all the different things to try to open your purview of that report. But are you guys seeing and hearing the same thing I am about, Hey, it's, it's just becoming harder and harder to find space in these really quote unquote viable spots. What's your, what's your answer to that? And what's the solution to it? Yeah. So we definitely, in all of our, the area analysis report is the one that you're talking about where it's like, Hey, I'm in Seattle. Where should I go? And, you know, just tell me theoretically, which area would work best. We uh, make sure that when we place a circle, so a, a sub area, we place it over commercial real estate. So we'll look for Starbucks, we'll look for grocery stores so that we can say, hey, you know what? There may not be a space here that's going to work for you. We can't guarantee you that. And that's where your real estate agent is going to come in. But we can say there is some commercial real estate here. So we're not ever mm-hmm. going to place a circle like in the in woods the- or in the middle <laughs> of a golf course or something because <laughs> we know yeah. that's not yeah. going to work from the start. Yeah. Um, and then after that, once they get the results back, our guidance from that report is, hey, here are your top two, three, maybe four areas, depending on how big of a search you ran, depending on the results of the search. But I'm going to give you two to four areas to focus on. And the reason for that is that we might see, hey, doc, here's this awesome A-rated market, good demand for care, no competition. And then you go there and you're like, yeah, but you know the only property is like super expensive. There's no visibility. I can't even build out the practice I want. I work only on the market side. I would still say, doc, don't go to that market. Go to your B-rated market if you can get an A-rated property as opposed to that A-rated market with the F-rated property. Now, you, know, you can take that a step further and say, there isn't any commercial real estate available at all in this area. And we really do our best to avoid including areas like that Mm-hmm. Um, but if that does happen, uh, and it's something like you said was particularly common, I think with a lot of the COVID backlogs and stuff, and I know it's 2023, it's the end of 2023, but this <laughs> stuff takes time. There are backlogs. Um, that is just sort of a reality of where we're at right now. And getting into practice ownership is still worth it. It just means that you might need to compromise on some things. And that's really the nature we think it's kind of a bigger lesson. We're at the mm-hmm. beginning of practice ownership uh, journey a lot of times. You got to make compromises. It'd be awesome if you could get an A rated this and an A rated that and an A rated that. But it's sort of like, okay, I could get a B rated this one and an A rated that one. And we hope you find the best combination of what's available to you um, at any point in time. Yeah. Just because it's not best of best of best of best of best does not mean that you're not going to have a successful startup Mm -hmm. or a successful business. Um, Yeah. That being said, I I do challenge folks that if you're not liking the data to reapproach Kent and Kevin and and say, hey, it looks like I was a little narrow minded. You know, Austin seems to be a little bit more tapped than I thought. And so, Kevin, uh, what areas can we push out? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I just you know if you know what you want then go find it. But the reality is I always find folks, they struggle with the decision. I want to be by Austin, but they're not willing to live outside of Austin in the area that nobody else wants to be in because that's where the quote unquote gold mine is because no one's gone there yet. And so the, some of those 
demand for dentistry uh, is so big. Um, we just worked with a client that we were discussing before the program here in Washington. She went right on the outskirts of where everybody wanted to be. And I think it was close to eight or 9,000 to one. And she had a $60,000 month her first month. Yeah, so, and, and she was okay living out there, quote unquote, out there. Right. And so, so we can find those areas. It's just, you have to be willing to have that lifestyle. And I think, you know, I, I, I hope people are, could get more open-minded to that. Um, it, do you guys find yourselves in those same situations where someone comes back to you and says, I don't really love these numbers. Can we push out? Kevin, how do you handle that? I, I mean, above all, I think I would tell a doctor, like you have to be fond of an area. So we looked at this and we tapped out and you know, the findings weren't great. Are you open to looking at more? Let's look at more. But you know, above all, at the end of the day, if you know that you wouldn't enjoy your life and your professional life and practice ownership, in the areas that we're now talking about looking into beyond what we've already looked at. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't push somebody to do that, but yeah, we do have people that come to us. Hey, we struck out, let's open this up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe we can uncover some opportunities from there. And then mm -hmm. just to go back on the, the process of it all, you guys sort of talked about, you don't need to obsess over getting a practice location in one in the one area, the two areas that can't talk to you about on the consultation call. You know, it's a report that a lot of times we'll look at like 50 little sub markets. If we're in the top half or we're in the top quarter, that's still what I would consider good. Yeah. And then on top of that, after that report has been done and you're now working with the real estate agent to find properties, we, we always offer, hey, when you do find a location, you don't need to jump right into the site study, which is that final report I talked about earlier. Send us three locations. We'll give a quick you know, overview. Here are our thoughts kind of in a little bit more of a casual setting. That could be a phone call. It could be a quick email. Mm -hmm. um, I've done that with your clients, Mike. Like, hey, you know, here's three locations we have in mind. What do you think about them? Um, because those are the more like real life. You went out there, you worked with a real estate agent, you find what was available. Maybe it falls slightly outside of where we did the initial report. So let's, you know, take care of you there and make sure that you have an understanding of, you know, the property that's actually available. How does that stack up relative to, you know, the, the market analysis as a whole? Yeah, guys, I, I want to um, communicate that these guys just aren't, you know, a, a company that sits behind a computer and generates reports and, um, and that's it. Like uh, I think of them as partners to the process. You just, uh, Kevin just described uh, Kevin helping folks compare it, you know, comparing three different locations and having conversation in real world situations. And I think that's, that's the meat and potatoes there. You can look at all this data and can't, you can't find what you're looking for. And sometimes it's just jumping on a call with Kevin and mm -hmm. having a, a cool discussion about what you're looking for and where we missed or, or maybe where we got it, you just can't see it through the data. So I think that's the company you're listening to today is it's more of a partnership, not just a report and data. And I, I think that's the best part of Dentographics. I feel like I'm selling you guys today. I'm not meaning to, but it, but it is so important to partner with the right people uh, and also understand how they're getting their data and how they're analyzing it and how they're verifying it. And all this stuff matters. Don't just randomly get a demographic report. Understand the meat and potatoes behind it. Final comments, guys, as we as we wrap this episode up, any any last minute things that you wanted to 
throw out there about the demographic process and how, how it all works for, for, for the audience? I think this is uh, one that surprises a lot of people. So I'll just sort of throw it in as a, a fun fact to twist everybody up here at the end. Um, <laughs> just we, for fun. Yeah, just for fun. Uh, so we find that the thing that people overweigh the most, and I, that's why I wanted to get in here, is population growth. So growth is, is great. Like we truly prefer areas that are growing as opposed to not growing. That said, <laughs> if an area grew by 5% versus 3%, who cares, right? That's not a huge difference. Not to mention a lot of times we're talking about 2025, 2030. If anybody could predict the future, you know, that would be a great superpower to have. Things can and do change. So don't put all your eggs in the basket of what an area hopefully looks like in 2030. COVID might happen, 2007, 2008, that might happen. All kinds of things can happen. The developer might say, healthy economy, but you know what? I ran out of money. I'm not, not doing that project anymore. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, the future is great, but you want your practice to be successful day one, year one, not twiddling your thumbs, waiting for the people to move in in 2030. Um, so that's my biggest piece of advice that I think um, I, I like people to hear. I love that. That's a great last minute tip. Uh, folks, uh, as always, the description below and YouTube and all of the podcast channels that you all are listening to, we're going to have uh, Dentographics information below. Uh, make sure you mention Next Level. Uh, these guys might um, give you a break on some stuff. Might, might. And, um, you know, just reach out to them. I, again, uh, I think these guys uh, are great and their company's great and they're more of a partner than just a, a, a report, in my opinion. And uh, thanks again, guys, for being on the show as always showing up and giving us great information. And um, yeah, I guess until next time. Yeah, obviously we appreciate it. And just anybody who's listening, want to throw it out like you don't have to buy something to get on a a phone call with us. You can shoot us an email, give us a call, um, set up a time to do a demo, run through on our website. Uh, it all kind of starts with a conversation. I'm on the phone constantly with doctors or even people that are a ways out from needing us, but kind of just talking through what it's going to look like in a year when they might. So keep it in mind and don't let's put let's put that contact below specifically kevin's personal cell phone no i'm joking oh I'm, I'm joking i'm joking. Oh joking but we will put the, the phone number to to call and have that conversation thanks for Please. that kevin that's that's pretty cool well again guys thanks thanks for being part of it and uh until next time we will we will sign off take care awesome. thanks again thank you mike thank you